listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. few scriptures to you this morning and and different ones in particular and my my reading this morning is taken from the epistle of Jude the epistle of Jude chapter 1 and uh, and I'm going to read it I'm not going to read right through for the sake of time but I'm going to read some block verses that I want to allude to this morning Jude a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 5. But but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them who did not believe. Verse 6. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under the darkness. For the judgment of that great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah and other cities around them in a similar manner to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after the strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Down to 11, woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain and have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Cross to verse 17. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. They are sensual persons who cause divisions and having and having the spirit and not having the spirit verse 20 but ye beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit keep yourselves in the love of god looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ unto eternal life verse 24 now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, 
who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. To the reading of his word. But let's pray this morning, shall we? Father, I thank you for the opportunity of being able to declare your unsearchable riches, to be able to stand behind this holy desk and speak the word of the Lord. And Lord, I ask you for your anointing. I ask that your touch will be upon my lips, that your touch will be upon my words, that your touch will be upon my mind. I ask for clarity of thought. I ask for precision of speech this morning in Jesus' name. And I pray as I speak words that they will be seeds that will find a resting place, that they will find a lodging place in good ground today, that they will spring up and bring forth a harvest, bring forth provision, bring forth blessing, bring forth eternal life in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you'll prepare each and every one of our hearts to receive your word today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we vow to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, for sake of time this morning, I haven't read right through the whole book of Jude this morning, but what I want to do, I want to just ad-lib various points that I want to bring to your attention this morning. And as we look at these few verses, I want to speak about the great responsibility that each and every one of us have as believers in Christ Jesus. And you know, with responsibility comes accountability. You know, and we must have accountability. You know, therefore, we must have responsibility. You know, my text this morning is found in verse 21 in the book of Jude. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves. You know, so many times we try and keep somebody else, don't we? We have all the suggestions. We have all the answers. We think for somebody else's problems and difficulties and needs. But, you know, Paul, in, uh, but Jude, in all his wisdom, this morning, as he brings us this text, he's saying, keep yourself. You know, we have a big enough responsibility to keep ourselves. You know, I have a big enough responsibility to keep myself. You know, if I keep myself, then I can keep somebody else. But first of all, I must keep myself in the love of God, in Christ Jesus. You know, looking back at verse 1, we see that Jude opens this book as a bond servant of Jesus Christ, the half-brother or the, the, the brother of James, but actually he is the half-brother of Jesus. He was the half-brother of Jesus. And he doesn't declare it and say, hey guys, look who I am. I'm the half-brother of Jesus. You better listen to what I have to share with you. But no, he comes as a bond servant. You know what a bond servant is? 
a servant who has received his freedom, yet he loves his master so much, he will not go out, but he will continue in the service of his master to please his master. That's what a bond servant is. And I want to be a bond servant. I don't want to go out free. I want to stay as a servant of the Lord for the kingdom, for the work of the kingdom. We find that Judy's writing also to those that are preserved and kept in Christ and have been sanctified and called by God. I thank God that I'm here and you are here because you've been called. You've either been called to church to visit the church today or you've been called into salvation. You've been called into the love of God, into the love of Christ. Called by God. He shows throughout this short letter that some have begun in fellowship with God but have failed to keep themselves in the love of God and haven't achieved all the full potential of God's plan for their lives. They failed to keep themselves in the place where God could bless them. But I want to tell you this this morning. If you have failed, if you have missed the mark, if you have fallen by the wayside, there is mercy, peace and love available to you this morning. Jude goes on to say in verse 2, he says, Mercy, peace and love be multiplied. I don't know about you, but I love that. And I need the multiplication of mercy. I I need the multiplication of peace because sometimes how I conduct my life, sometimes I need God to have mercy on me. And how, how I feel I am under the circumstances of life, sometimes I lose the peace. I don't have any peace within my life. So I need that peace multiplied into my life. And also sometimes we, 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 we misrepresent and, and we fall short of the, of the love that's in, in Christ. And we feel God loves everybody else because of what we've done. He doesn't love us anymore. You know, it's a lie of the enemy. Love is multiplied to you today, whoever you are. Doesn't matter how low you feel. Doesn't matter where you are or where you've come from today. Grace, mercy, love and peace can be multiplied. It's available. There is a portion for you today. Not just a little bit, but a portion, a multiplied portion of all that you need today in Jesus Christ. Multiply to you. Multiply to me. It comes through grace. Because... Of his mercy. I want always God's mercy and peace and love flowing and multiplying in my life. I cannot be the father. I cannot be the husband. I cannot be the leader. I cannot be the pastor. I cannot be a citizen without the love of God and his mercy and his peace and his grace flowing in and through my life. It's all about Jesus, it's all about his grace. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. 
We're not anything of ourselves. We may be rich. We may be have, have everything there is to, that this world has to offer us. But we're nothing. We're nothing without God's grace. We're nothing without the intervention of His love coming into our lives. And when it happens, we're never the same again. I don't know about you, but I never want to be the same again. I don't want to be the same as I was yesterday. I don't want to be the same as I was a year ago. I don't want to be the same as I was six months ago. I want mercy and peace and love multiplied into my life so much so that I'm changed from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from victory to victory, to new dimensions in the love of God. Hallelujah. But you know, we have to contend for it. Because Satan wants to rob us of it. We have to contend for it. Every day Paul spoke of a fight. When he came to the end of his life, he said, I fought a good fight. Beloved, it's a fight. But we are more than conquerors to those. Every one of us are in Christ. Because we don't fight in our own strength, but we fight in the power and the might of His Word. We fight in the power and the might of His Spirit. We Fight in the power and the might of his life in our lives. Paul says, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Beloved, if you think it's you, you are mistaken. It's Christ. It's Christ that lives in you and in me. God really wants to bless you as we've already heard this morning. From Arnold, he really wants to bless you. He wants to bestow his blessings in a multiplied way upon your life. So we must keep ourselves in his love. Don't leave the boundaries. Don't leave the boundaries of his love. But stay within those boundaries of his love. In Revelation 2 verse 4, Jesus is addressing the seven churches of Asia Minor. And in chapter 2, verse 4, he, he begins with the church of Ephesus. And he says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left, you have left your first love. Because you have left your first love, I'm against you. Can you imagine God being against you? You know, in, in, in Romans 8, verse 31, it says, If God be for us, who can be against us? But what happens when, when God is against us? When He's not happy? When He's drawn back from us? We become, we become vulnerable and open to all the attacks of the enemy. But if God is for you, if you are living within the boundaries of His life, you are victorious, you are a winner, you are a achiever, you are a champion, and you are going to make it. Hallelujah. You are going to succeed. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. You're going to lend and not borrow. You're going to be a blessing. You're going to be blessed to be blessing. To be a blessing. God's love is the most supreme love that there is. The hymn writer says, love divine, 
All loves excelling. I want to tell you this, that the love of Christ can excel every other love. But there are other loves that sadly do come in between God's love and the love of this world. The love of our hearts. You know, His love has been given by the Holy Spirit. And it's been multiplied and it's, and it's continuing to be multiplied in our hearts. You know, because God is a jealous God. And you know, He's made full provision for you and I to keep ourselves under the boundaries, under the covering of His love. He has made it possible for us to keep close to His heart, close to where His love is. Stay within the boundaries of His love, which is all of the kingdom of God. Getting back to verse 5, Jude gives us some examples of judgment that came upon the people and how the Lord, having saved the people out of Egypt and afterward destroyed those who did not believe. You remember the story in, in Numbers 13 and chapter 14. How that the Lord had led the children of Israel right up to the southern gate of of the land of Canaan. And the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, This Moses, can I paraphrase this? He said, Listen, Moses, this is what you've been waiting for. This is the big one. This is what I've been promising you all the way along, even when. You were in Egypt. I promised that I was going to bring you. I have something special for you. I have something prepared for you. And I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to enter that land. And you're going to live in that land. And you're going to enjoy the full provision that I have promised you. He said, Moses, this is it. What I want you to do, I want you to get 12 men. A leader from every tribe of Israel. And I want you to send them in to Canaan, to the promised land, the place what I've promised to give you, and I want, the, I want them to spy out the land and bring back a report. Well, you know the story. I think they went to the land some, spent 40 days there, and they came back. And they brought the fruits of the land of Canaan. You know, they went down into a valley called Eskol and they, and, they, and they gathered some grapes. The grapes were so big, the cluster of grapes had to be carried on a pole by two men. That's how big the grapes were. And there were also pomegranates and there were also, you know, many, many kinds of fruit and, and, and all the goodness that there was in the land. But you know... Ten of the spies returned with an evil report. And they, do you know what they said? After they'd shown Moses all the fruits, but they said, we are not able to go up and take this land because there are giants in the land. The cities are walled up to the heavens. They are fortified. The people are giants. They are mighty. You know, we are grasshoppers in their eyes. We are grasshoppers in their eyes. They took their eyes off God 
and what God had promised them and focused them on the enemy. God became small and the enemy became enormous. You know, it doesn't matter how big the situation and the circumstance of your life that you face. I want to remind you not to look at it and and make decisions and make choices. But first of all, you look to the Lord. You look to the power and the might of the Holy Spirit that's working in your life. And then you make You make decisions according to the word of the Lord, not according to your own understanding. And I want to tell you this, those giants in your eyes will become grasshoppers. Not you, a grasshopper in the eye of these enormous mountains and problems and circumstances and situations that you face. And you know the end of the story. Through unbelief, Through a result of a negative report, they turned the hearts of the people from having that desire and that excitement of going in and possessing all that the Lord had promised them. And the Bible says that God led them back through the wilderness until that whole generation perished in the wilderness. You know, they were kept from the goodness of all the love of God through unbelief. I want to tell you this this morning. Unbelief is sin. That which is not a faith is sin. And you know that sin does not please God. Sin has to be dealt with. Sin has to be confessed. Sin has to be repented of. But there's forgiveness. There's there's, forgiveness. Uh, also reconciliation you know we can we can come back into the power of his love into the fullness of his goodness as we keep ourselves through all the provisions that Christ has made through Calvary we can keep ourselves in the love of God I want to tell you this unbelief will rob you of all the good all of God's blessings in your life Israel Jude says that they removed themselves from God's love and the purposes for their lives. You know, the whole foundation of our Christian life is based upon faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, by faith are you saved. By grace are you saved through faith. You know, the channel, the power is faith in that grace, faith in that love, faith in that mercy, faith in all that Jesus did on that cross. You know, through faith, we can believe to be saved. Through faith, we can believe to be healed. Through faith, we can believe to be blessed. Through faith, we can believe and hold on to all the wonderful promises that God has for you and for me. Verse 6, he speaks of angels who left their first estate. You know, we read in Isaiah 14, 12, how Satan and his angels were cast out of heaven. You know the story, but if you don't, I just want to paraphrase it to you this morning. You know, Satan said that he was going to raise his throne above the throne of God. That he was going to reign and rule on the sides of the north in heaven. That he was going to 
He was going to be above God. He, was, he wanted to be greater than God. And because of this, there was a rebellion. There is a war in heaven over, over and through pride of position. And the Bible says that, that he was overthrown with the third of the angels of heaven. And the Bible says that they are reserved in chains in outer darkness unto this day. Unto this day. Pride was Lucifer's downfall. I want to tell you this. We can remove ourselves from God's presence. Can you imagine living in God's presence, living in His glory, and having that removed from us? We can remove ourselves from God's presence through pride and haughtiness. Verse 7, we read of Sodom and Gomorrah, the history connected to to this began with Abraham and Lot in Genesis 13 and 7. Remember the story how that, that God had given Abraham a wonderful promise and, and Abraham was wonderfully blessed. And, and we, we read further down in, in, in chapter 7 of Lot, his nephew, who was living and he was connected with Abraham. And because of his association, he was blessed also. If you read it, he had vast herds. He was wonderfully blessed also. But you know, the place got, the area got too small. And the water began to, to run out. And the pasture began to wear out. And, and the Bible says that Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen, they began to quarrel. And you know, Lot and, and, and Abraham was concerned about this. And he said, to Lot. Now, Lot, I don't want any contention among us. You choose where you want to go first. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right of the land, then I'll go to the left. Wherever you go, you choose, you choose first. And the Bible says that Lot looked towards the well-watered plains of Jordan, which borders on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And through his lust, through his desire for those green pastures, for, those, for the waters of the Jordan Valley, he led his, his flocks, he led his family right up to the borders of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And before you know it, Lot is not just living out side of the city anymore, but he's living in the city. He's living in the city. And you know, because Lot lusted after the goodness of the land and all that went with it, ended up losing half of his family and his wife. Lust took him from the place of God's blessing. And Jude says in, in verse 5, he says, I want to remind you. Why does he want to remind us of this? Then in verse 11, Jude gives us the names of three individuals who brought judgment upon themselves. First of all, you know, he, he, he alludes to Cain. The Bible says that Cain hated his brother because of his offering. That was not accepted, and his brother Abel's was, and, and he killed him. Jesus associates 
hatred with murder. You know, being bitter and having a spirit of hatred against a brother and a sister will remove you and I from the love of God. Just like Cain did. In Numbers 22 to 25, we read the story of Balaam. Hired by King Balak to curse Israel. As he journeyed through the land. God told Balaam that he could go with the king's envoys. Do you remember Balak sent envoys to to Balaam's home? And he offered him amazing wealth and riches. And he said, what I want you to do, he said, I want you to come. Because the amazing thing about Balaam was, is this. He was of non-Jewish origin, a prophet from Mesopotamia. It is evident that dwelling among idolaters, he had some knowledge of the true God and was, and was held on such reputation that it was supposed that whom he blessed, he were blessed, and whom he cursed was cursed. And Balak took hold of this and he thought if he could hire Balaam to come and curse the children of Israel because as the children of Israel were moving towards the promised land, you know, they had to go through other nations. They had to move and cross through other territories. And you know, there were cities and there were kingdoms. And you know, they were opposed. But you know, God enabled through the... Through the the guidance of Moses and through the power of, of his help to, to just lick up all the men and the cities and everything, all the powers that came against them. And here is Balak, king of, the, of Moab, so frightened because Israel had now camped right beside the, the, the land of Moab. And you know, the Bible says that Balaam could not curse Israel because God had already blessed them. And you know, God gave Abraham a blessing. And he said, you know, what I blessed, no man can curse. You know, and it was through, it was through greed, having been offered riches, it was through greed that removed Balaam from God's love and from God's provision. I want to warn you this morning, beware of greed. It will remove you and cut you off from God's blessings for your life. And number three, Jude verse 11, he mentions not only about Cain and Abel, and not only about Balaam, but he mentions Korah. Who was Korah? Korah was one of the leaders of his family in the camp of Israel in the Old Testament as they were journeying through the wilderness. And the Bible says that he 
he led a rebellion. He spoke out against Moses and about his sons. If we read it, it says that Korah was filled with envy because of Aaron and the appointed priesthood. And Korah led a rebellion. Even though he was a minister of God and offered services, practical services under God, and yet he was envious at the high position of others. So what he had was taken away from him. He started rumblings in the camp of Israel, gathered together 250 princes of his family, and he came to Moses. Can I use my imagination here? He said, Moses, we're not happy. See all of us here this morning? He said, we're not happy. We, we don't like some of the decisions that you're making. We don't like some of the appointments and positions that you have given. We're just as holy as you are. You take too much upon yourself. This is what Moses said. Okay, Korah, you come to the tabernacle door tomorrow morning, along with your 250 princes, tell them to bring their senses, their senses which they burn incense in. You tell them to come and we'll meet at the tabernacle door tomorrow morning. And he says, we will let God choose. He says, we'll let God do something new. Korah, he said, if, if, if he has chosen you and your family over me, over us, then it's what God has chosen. But if not, let the ground open up and swallow you and all your family. So next morning, Korah came with all the 250 princes. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get something changed today. This is going to be a different day. Everything around us is going to be different. Yeah, they came to the tabernacle door. 250 men with their incense burners. Korah leading the rebellion. And suddenly, the earth opened up and swallowed all of Korah's family, all of the families that were associated with the 250 princes, all our tents, all our belongings, all our possessions, everything was swallowed up in a moment in the earth. And suddenly, out of the presence of the tabernacle, from beyond the veil, from the altar came a fire and it consumed all of the 250 princes and Korah himself. Korah failed to keep himself in the love of God because he was jealous of another man's position, of another man's anointing, of another man's appointment. I want to tell you this, jealousy will remove you from the love of God. 
Jealousy will not only remove you from the love of God, but it can possibly remove your family too. Because all the families that were associated with this rebellion were swallowed up, were consumed. Don't be jealous. Don't be envious of another man's anointing. Because you can have that same anointing. You know, every individual, we cry out for that anointing upon our lives. We cannot function in the love of God. We cannot function in what we do without the anointing. But I want to tell you this. It's God that rules and reigns in the church, in the body of Christ, in the camp of Israel. It's God that chooses. It's God that rises up. And it's God that brings down. It's it's not us. We move under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, under His wisdom and under His guidance and under His instruction. Hallelujah. Jealousy. Envy of another man's position and anointing will remove you from the love of God and all the blessings that He has for your life. Listen. How can I keep... This is my text. How can I keep myself in the love of God? Jude gives us four ways to do it. Four ways to contend for the faith. Four ways to contend for the greatest position, which is our relationship, which is our love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is other powers that are contending for, against you, to remove you from that position. First, and in number one it says in first, verse 20, but ye beloved, see how he addresses the readers, see how he addresses you this morning. Beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. As we read this epistle, we realize that Jude is talking about faith in Jesus Christ. Edification comes as we center ourselves around and study the Word of God and learning to apply it to our lives. You know, in Acts 20, verse 32, Paul tells us this. As he's writing to the Ephesian church, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of grace, which is Christ. The word of grace, which is Christ, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. I want to tell you this, inside the love of God, there is an inheritance for you to enjoy. Not in the sweet by and by, but now, today, with your family, with your friends, with your, with your church. There is an inheritance. And it's able to build you up through this grace that you will have an inheritance amongst those that are sanctified. I want to tell you this, there's nothing for the unsanctified, only salvation to come into sanctification. You know, all the ministries of the church, everything that you are involved in, if you are involved in ministry, every ministry in the church should result in edification. We're not here to tear down. We're here to build up. We're here to build you up. We're here to come alongside of you and to help you 
and to undergird you, not in our own strength, but through abiding in the love of Christ, we abide in the power of His Spirit and might. And that is what enables us to be there for you, for your edification. In 1 Peter 2 verse 2, Peter wrote that believers should desire the Word for spiritual growth, just as babies desire milk for their nourishment. Be strong through the power of His Word. And it will work in your life. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Let it work. It will work mightily. The word of the Lord will work mightily in your life. And for the life of your family. Verse 20. Number 2. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying through the help and assistance of the Holy, Holy Spirit. You know, the expression does not refer to speaking in tongues, but can be, but tongues and, 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 and the gifts of the Spirit can be interjected as we pray. You know, we can pray in, 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 in our, our language and we can pray in our spiritual language. It means that which is consistent. Praying in the Holy Spirit, it means that which is consistent with the Spirit's will, which is consistent to His desires, and which is consistent to His decrees. Paul says we, are believe, we as believers do not always know how to practically apply it to the various issues of life. Therefore, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us before the Father with genuine sympathy and inexpressible Favor, I love that, don't you? Inexpressible favor. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we submit ourselves to Him. We rest on His wisdom. We seek His will and we trust in His power. So I want to encourage you to develop a lifestyle of praying in the Holy Spirit. And it will keep you, it will keep me in the love of God. And daily you will see the fulfillment of the plans and purposes coming to pa- God's purposes come to pass in your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14 speaks of plans and prosperity and hope and an expected end. But verse 14 gives us the condition. If we seek Him with all our hearts, you will not find gold on the surface. You have to dig for gold. All you'll find on the surface is worthless throth and stuff that nobody else wants. That which has been thrown aside. But you have to dig. You have to seek. But he says, if you'll seek me with all your heart, as you pray in the Spirit, you will find me. Wow, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? How many times have you found him? How many times has he come through? Oh, my hands are lifted up. I've got multiple testimonies of how the Lord has come through for me. Keep yourselves in the love of God by looking, verse 21, for His mercy of the the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. What does that mean? It means that one day 
Jesus is coming back. One day Jesus is coming for his bride. One day Jesus is coming for his church. He's coming for you as an individual. He's coming for your family. He's coming for your friends. If they love the Lord, if they've committed their lives to Him, if they are looking, if you are looking. Paul, Jude says, looking. We've got to keep looking. This was the last book but one written in the Old Testament before Revelation. And you know, we know what Jesus spoke of in Revelation. And Jude is here warning us. But yet encouraging us to look Look every day. Look into the Word every day. Look into His promises every day. Looking on to Jesus. Looking for His mercy. Looking for His return. He's coming soon. And you know He could come today. He could come before the end of this service. Let's all stand together, shall we? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.